0: Tonight, you need to know that God loves you so much. Everything that he's done for us is motivated on his love for us. We are vastly moving towards the end of the church age. And I believe that we're going to see the greatest healing revival where Jesus is going to be healing people as we've never seen. You know, there's been many prophecies talking about the day that we're living in right now that this last revival in the church age is going to be a culmination of all of the revivals coming together. But if you look at our society today and you look in the world today, and what's amazing is we're sitting here in Omaha, Nebraska, and, and we're reaching the world through that camera. It's really cool that there's no time or distance in the spirit. So, you know, somebody on the other end of the world can receive from God tonight, and a miracle happened in their life. He is a God of miracles. You know, if there's one thing that I know is there is a great need, there are so many people that are concerned about their health. They're concerned not only about the virus thing that we're facing, but just their health. You know, in, in our society, It's amazing how great the need is, but you know, if you were to study the time of Jesus, the need was very great back then as well. And he was a healer then, and he is a healer now, amen? So we're gonna get in the word of God, and we're just gonna open up the word of God. Now remember, you know, although I love the healing anointing that operates in my life, I could tell you this, I could not heal the wing of a gnat. I am not the healer, but He is the healer. So we're going to look to Him. And you know, I just believe that as we hear the Word of God, the Holy Spirit is here. He's going to bring revelation to our hearts of Jesus the healer. And I'm telling you, that's so, so just be expecting. All things are possible. The Bible says that Jesus Christ in the book of Hebrews, it says he is the same yesterday, he is the same today, and he is the same forever. In the book of James, it says that every good and every perfect gift comes from above, from the Father of lights. And then it says this, in whom there is no variableness. There's no variableness in God. What that means is what he's done for one He's done for all. He won't do something for one person that he wouldn't do for another person. That is so against the grain of a lot of teaching that's out there today. That's so subtle, but it's not doctrinal. It's not Bible. It's not truth. God is not looking at everybody's situation, deciding who he's going to heal and who he's going to let wait and who he's gonna just not, it's just not my will. That's not the way he is. Jesus died for the sins of the whole world. Yes. The redemptive work, the plan that God has was to redeem man, everyone. It's for everyone. So the question is is healing in the atonement? When we say the word atonement, there was a day, it was called the Day of Atonement. And what would happen is a lamb without blemish would be slain, the blood would be taken into the Holy of Holies in the tabernacle on the Day of Atonement. The priest, on his garments, on the bottom of them, he would have bells on the bottom of them. So when he's walking, the people would be on the outside because only he can go in, right, right? And he would go in with the blood of a sacrificial lamb, and he would put that blood on the mercy seat, which which was right on top of the Ark of the Covenant in the Holy of Holies, where the Shekinah glory, the very presence of God was. And that blood would literally cover, or you could say it this way, would seal man's sin for a season, for a year. It was called the Day of Atonement. So when we say atonement, we are talking about blood being shed to take care of something. Forgive sin and salvation, it talks about, you know, so many people believe, well, in the redemptive work of Christ, his blood washed away my sin, and now I'm brand new. Is that true? Absolutely. But the question is, is that all? Did, Did he just pay for our sin? Or was there more so let's go into the word of God and let's just see I could tell you here tonight that Jesus Christ Just as much as he bore your sin And that he was made to bear your sin So that you would be made the very righteousness of Almighty God the same Way to the same extent that he did that the word of God is very clear In the same way, he bore your sickness and he carried your pain. In the same way, in the same way, just as much, he was made poor on that cross so that you through his poverty might be made rich. So we're going to focus tonight on the, basically, were we redeemed from the curse of the law? Is Jesus really the healer? See, when we talk about healing tonight, we're not talking about your body being fixed. We're talking about Jesus. Whenever you're believing God for healing, how healing comes, the Bible says he sent his word. Well, who is his word? Jesus. Jesus. A revelation of Jesus will heal your body because you have to have a revelation of him as a healer. Right? Prosperity is not money. It's a revelation of Jesus that He's your provider. Amen. It's all you need. And you're going to see this is the easiest thing in the world. In Romans chapter 5, in verse 12, it says, Wherefore, as by one man's sin, death entered the world. Well, let me just read it correctly here. Wherefore, as by one man, Sin entered into the world and death by sin and so death passed upon all men for that all have sinned. Okay? So what this is saying that when Adam chose to disobey the word of God and he ate of that fruit what happened? It tells us sin entered This earth realm. And because of that, it opened the door for death to enter the earth realm. Up until this event, there's no record of sickness or disease at all. Now remember, this will fit a lot with what we've been teaching on. Because we see over and over and over again that what God did through Jesus' redemptive act... Is so much greater it can't even be compared To what Satan did through Adam Right Can't even be compared But this it says death passed upon all men So disease Which is the beginning stages of physical death Entered into this world By sin That's how it came in. Adam's sin. It came in and now here it is on the scene. Okay? Let me say this again. Disease, which is the beginning stages of physical death, right? Entered into the world by sin. The remedy for physical sickness and disease must be found in redemption. The remedy for sickness and disease will be found in the redemptive plan of God. We call that the atonement. In the Old Testament, it was called the atonement. In the New Testament, we, t- we talk about redemption. So, it says in Acts chapter 10, in verse 38, it says how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power. In the literal Greek, it would read, He anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost even with power who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil for God was with him. Whenever it talks about healing, it always talks about healing all. It's real interesting that this passage of scripture right here is calling sickness and disease, it's calling it satanic oppression. So in order to really see some of these things, you got to see them as they really are. So physical sickness and disease has its origin with Satan. It entered into this realm. Now, Satan was already in the earth, but sin entered when Adam fell. When he chose to disobey the word of God. And that's when death came in. And now, that's why, the, the, literally, the, the root of all sickness and disease is spiritual. It's not physical. That's why, find a cure for cancer, whatever, there's going to be something else. There's always going to be something else until this thing is over. God knew that. That's why healing is so important to him. He doesn't want you facing anything. He doesn't want you leaving this planet early because of sickness and disease. He wants you to live strong in the earth and live long in the earth, pain-free and sickness-free and disease-free, right? He's He's either provided it or he hasn't, okay, so if he's provided it, how many of you, I mean, why, why be in pain and why be sick if you don't have to be, right? So we need to know this. Boy, for some reason, this subject is so scary for some ministers. But I'm here to tell you, Jesus is the healer. This is not, this is not something that we kind of came up with Right, no, no, this is from Genesis to Maps. God is saying to you and I, I love you and I've provided for all of this. Disease, according to the word of God, is part of the curse. Therefore, the only remedy is the cross. Okay? That's that's a big statement. Because sickness and disease, its origin, it's a curse. The only remedy for that curse is the cross. And we've already been given the remedy. Right? So disease, in other words, is the physical penalty or the physical result of sin, according to the word of God. And we're going to see numerous cases. Now, does that mean that everybody who's sick has sin in their life? No, it's very obvious from the ministry of Jesus. Sometimes he would would heal somebody and he would tell the person, now go and sin no more, lest a worse thing come upon you. In other words, the person's sin brought that onto them. Other times people ask Jesus, hey, so... What brought this on? Was it his parents' sin, or was it his sin? And in that situation, you know, we've taught on this before, but it was neither. Right? Listen, Satan hates you. He hates you. He, he is violently opposed to righteousness, and you're righteous. So he can't, he hates you. He'd kill you tonight if he could, but he can't. Right? So he'll try to make it, he'll just deceive, because see, he has no power and no ability to just come in and overpower you and put something on you you can't get rid of. No, but you know what? He will attack you illegally. So know, know this, that if there's any symptom of anything in your body that has to do with sickness, disease, or pain, any symptom... That is an outward manifestation of a spiritual attack against your life And you need to go realize man, that's a lying symptom. Why is it lying? The bible doesn't say that we call those things that are as though they're not Right You have a flu you have a sinus infection you have a headache. We don't walk around going going I don't have a headache Right No, that's a lie You're calling something that is as though it's not. That's not faith. Faith, the language of God, the language of faith, calls those things which be not as though they are. So if I have a headache, I don't walk around saying I don't have a headache. I walk around saying I'm healed. So if that headache is telling me that I'm not healed, that's a lie because God says I am healed. Right? And when I realized, whoa, wait a minute. I'm already the healed. Do you know your spirit man's never had a sniffly nose? It's, your spirit man's never been sick. I could kind of prove to you that your body's never been sick. But I'd have to prove it under the context it's not your body, it belongs to him. Because your body could have symptoms in it. Isn't it cool to think that your body which belongs to god have you ever done this i've done this father i just believe that i receive healing into my body which belongs to you oh by the way satan's attacking your your property here right Right? so there's some things that i believe some lights are going to go on so i want to encourage you you know in the church man One way, not the only way, but one way that the healing power of God is transferred to an individual is by the laying on of hands. But you're all believers, so you can just believe you receive right where you're sitting, too. Right? So just be expecting. Hallelujah. Jesus has borne in his body all All our physical sicknesses and diseases that resulted from sin. Well, what sin? Well, we know for sure Adam's sin. Right? Could be our sin. Whatever. Doesn't matter. Healing is still ours. Every physical sickness, any disease that you've ever had, any pain that's in your body, realize that jesus already paid for that it was all put on him on the cross that's that's you have to know this this has already been paid for remember what redemption means redemption means that a price has been paid to buy someone out of one place and put them into another place Jesus has redeemed you from what the Bible calls the curse of the law. And as we look at that, the curse of the law includes all sickness, all disease, all weakness, all pain, all of it. In other words, Jesus already paid so you don't have to. Could it be that easy? It is that easy, but we've got to preach it. Because people have to hear it, but know this Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever So actually as i'm standing here tonight, I could tell you this Jesus is here tonight And he's doing the same thing. He's always done. He's looking for faith So that he could reach out and change bodies and heal people He's always been a healer, and he'll always be a healer. Right. He wants you walking around throughout your day, being bold, being led by the Spirit of God to minister this wonderful healing power to people. So, Jesus bore in his body all of our sickness, all of our disease that was a result of sin. Because of this, you've got to know this, Our bodies have been judicially released from physical sickness and disease. It's a legal thing. It was paid for. In the same way your sin was paid for. How many of you are afraid if you die tonight you're going to go to hell because your sins are not forgiven? No. Why, why is that, that we can just believe that so easily, but to believe that that, we're, that God's provided healing, that's so hard. It's, it's very simple. For about the last 300 years, we've been listening to some nonsense coming from pulpits. Yeah. And the nonsense hasn't been that, you know, well, you could lose your salvation tomorrow. No, it's never that. It's always... Well, you know, we're lowly worms, and, and, you know, God, you just never know what he does. Right. You know, he, and, he, and, he, and he has a plan, and everybody's got, you know, when your time is up on this earth, it's just up. And his plan, his way, well, is that true? If that's true, if, if God is sovereign, and he has chosen the day when I'm to leave the earth, why does he tell me in his word that I could lengthen my life, or I could do things to shorten my life? No, no. <laughs> we we have an appointment. Right? We have an appointment that we're all gonna die. And and here's die. This is a cool word. It doesn't mean like cease to exist. It just means separation. No, we'll never taste death. That's right. You and I will never taste spiritual death because Jesus taught He tasted that for us. For us, death is no more than our spirit being released from our physical body. It'll be the most exhilarating feeling you've ever felt in your life. Right? We have an appointment. It's appointed once for man to die, and then the judgment. But guess what? We can set that appointment. We, the Bible says that God's will is that we live our life until we're satisfied, until we've done everything here he has planned for us to do, and then we go home. I think it's funny, an example, Moses is a type of of a child of God. Do you realize God had to go tell him to die? Okay, Mo, time to go got to go. We need you to climb up this mountain. I'll bury you because if I don't bury you, these people are going to worship you and there's going to be all kinds of a mess. So I'll have to bury you so nobody could find your body. But you know, just go, can you go up to this mountain and die? Come on, you're 120 years old. While you're up there, I'll show you the promised land because your vision is still perfect. I'll show you the promised land, right? Then you're going to come be with me. We gotta learn some of these things, but we have to get to the point where we gotta stop looking at circumstances and look to truth. In the same way that we may receive the first fruits of our spiritual salvation, we can receive the first fruits of our physical salvation. When I got born again, when you got born again, we received the first fruits of our spiritual salvation. The Holy Spirit of God came into our bodies, took out our spirit man that was dead and separated from him, did did away with that person, and put a brand new spirit in us, and then that's the first fruits of our salvation. Our body, we still have unrenewed bodies, or, you know, unredeemed bodies, we should say. My body is still subject to sickness, disease, pain, that all came as a result of Adam's sin. I don't have the fullness of my salvation yet. I'm still waiting for that glorified body, right? But I can have the first fruits of it now, which means that Jesus paid the price that if, man, if my knee wears out, God could heal my knee. If my hip wears out, God could heal my hip. He's already paid for that. Diseases that are a result of the fall of man are as a result of the curse of the law. All these diseases, we've been redeemed out of them. We don't have to deal with them. Right if if satan illegally attacked your body and you have something going on in your body know that tonight It's illegal your body has been judicially released from this It has no right and if you'll stand and simply believe the word of god and speak the word of god What are you doing? I'm enforcing my right God said he provided this for me So now satan you get out of my body You let my body go Fever, you got to go. Virus, you got to go. Cancer, you've got to go. Diabetes, you've got to go. High blood pressure, you've got to go. Heart disease, you have to go. Alzheimer's, you have to go. Dementia, you have to go. Right? Anything. All sickness, all disease. This is, this is Bible, and we're going to see this. In the same way that you receive the first fruits of your spiritual salvation, what we're talking about here is on in your life receiving the first fruits of your physical salvation. Before you have a glorified body, this body has to get you through this life. Right? You don't have time to be sick. Right? And I'll tell you if you've been sick, then you got to know this. Sickness, disease, it costs you things, doesn't it? it costs you time? Yep. Yeah. Costs you a lot of money right it robs you of things satan's got to bring all that back so i'll show you scriptures i mean he's got to bring it all back god makes all things new romans chapter 8 verse 23 it says this and not only they but ourselves also those this is romans 8 verse 23 And not only they, but ourselves also, which have the firstfruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves, grown within ourselves, waiting for the adoption to wit, the redemption of our body. Man, I can't wait until I get my redeemed body. Right? Man, I just, I wanna, I mean, I'm thinking of myself, I want to play basketball in a redeemed body, right? I look at these young guys, man, I look, at, I look at Asher and Micah, they do things with their body, I'm like, ooh, but they just are laughing, they don't even think, young people, they don't even think of their body. Then all of a sudden, you start to get in your 20s, and you do a bunch of stuff, and you're like 26, 27 years old, and the next day you wake up, and it's this weird feeling. It's like, what's that? Man, I'm sore. I, I'm, you know, I, I'm this or that, right? No, no, we're waiting for the redemption of our body. Hallelujah. Look at this, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 11. Hope this encourages you a little bit. 2 Corinthians 4, 11. For we which live... Are always delivered unto death for Jesus' sake, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our mortal flesh. God wants the life of Jesus to be made manifest in your mortal flesh. That's pretty good. Sounds a lot like Romans chapter 8 and verse 11, doesn't it? That literally with the same power that the Holy Spirit raised Jesus from the dead with, he is down on the inside of you, quickening your mortal body by his spirit. With the same power. That word quicken means to make alive, to heal, and to restore to health. This is what God has for you. We call it the healing power of God. It is to work and effect a cure in our bodies. You know, the word of God is medicine to all of our flesh. All of our flesh. Gosh, I think it might have been Ryan. We were talking. They've done studies now where something... when is it when a person speaks in, in tongues? Yeah. How, what is the percentage that it boosts the immune system? 50 to 60 percent some 40 to 60 percent they're saying now that when a when a when a person speaks in tongues it's it's releasing hormones in a body to literally increase their immune system 40 to 60 percent yeah there yeah and everybody said oh man right everybody's like oh let's just let's just talk in tongues for a while So much for that, I don't believe in that tongues business anymore. No, I'm all in now, right? Man, I'll tell you. Hallelujah. So, I mean, think of what that means if you start to go throughout your day. Right? Start praying in the Spirit. Oh, man. Yeah, but, you know, but pastor, tongues, not everybody gets tongues. Just some people. No, no, read your Bible read your Bible. We're not talking about the gift of tongues. We're talking about your prayer language, language. right? Everybody, everybody who asks, because the Holy Spirit's already been given. Hallelujah. In Ephesians chapter one, verse 13 and 14, boy, I'm preaching right now. Man, do I want to speak in tongues right now. That's funny. (laughs) That's hilarious. I keep thinking, sometimes I speak in tongues a lot. Sometimes I You know, sometimes I'm afraid that I'm just going to just start speaking in tongues. It's so easy to do, right? But you would, it'd be really hard for you to understand anything if I spoke in an unknown tongue, unless the Lord gave the interpretation. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13, it says, in whom you also trusted. Boy, that reminds me of what Pastor Dave was even saying During the offering. Man, see, as we build the Word of God, your trust in Him as your healer, you'll come to know Him as your healer. In whom you also trusted after that you heard the Word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also after that you believed, you were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise, verse 14, which is the earnest. That means the guarantee. This word earnest means the deposit or the down payment of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession uh, of the purchased possession unto the praise of his glory. In other words, the Holy Spirit lives in our spirit and he is a type of God's guarantee. Have you ever bought a house and you put earnest money down on the house So the Holy Spirit, he lives in our spirit and is a type of God's guarantee, a type of God's deposit to taking possession of us completely forever. Isn't that, I mean, that's real good news. So let's look at some things. Let's look in the Old Testament at types, just types of atonements, okay, types of atonement given in connection with bodily healing in the Old Testament. Now remember, we're gonna see this all over the Old Testament, but we have something much better now. So in Exodus chapter 12, and you can put this in your notes, for time's sake, I'm not gonna read it, but verse one through verse 14, it talks about the Passover. Remember when the children of Israel were in Egypt? And they were coming out. And God very specifically told them to to prepare the Passover meal and they would eat the Passover lamb. Okay? The question would be, why were the Israelites required, they were required to eat the flesh of the Passover lamb for physical strength? Why would they be required to do that unless it was to show that we can receive physical life or physical strength from jesus christ our passover lamb the bible says like now you gotta this is two to seven million jews i think actually it's probably two to three million in best estimation they ate the passover lamb meal now these people were enslaved for, for a few hundred years, right? 400 years of slavery. They were slaves building pyramids, statues. There's probably people, I mean, could you imagine beating a rock for 60 years or for your whole life? What that would do to your physical body, your back, your joints. I wonder how many people maybe lost some fingers or lost a hand, missing body parts, and yet, when they came out after eating the Passover lamb, which is a type of Jesus Christ, it says there was not one feeble among them. So in other words, the whole nation was healed in one night. And And that's Old Testament. The first time God revealed himself to the children of Israel after coming out of Egypt... How did he reveal himself? He revealed himself with the redemptive name. I am Jehovah Rapha. Guys, you've come out of Egypt. The first thing you need to know, it's the same thing. Okay, child, person, you just got born again. First thing you need to know, God is your healer. I am the Lord that healeth you. One translation would say, I am your great physician. Oh, it's a good thing to have an earthly physician. But they're practicing physicians. But we have a great physician. What's really awesome is you've got this guy or this lady who's a doctor, who's a practicing physician. What does that mean? They are only, they can only know things in line with the knowledge that they've gained. But aren't you glad that you have a great physician that if, if in the natural they're like, listen, there is nothing we can do for your heart anymore. You've been an alcoholic your whole life. There is no, your liver is dead. Sorry, there's nothing we can do. Aren't you glad the great physician could literally go, oh yeah, I could either restore this one or put a brand new one in there. Yes. Right? That's, that's who we're talking about. I love this. Hallelujah. So they were required to eat this. In 1 Corinthians chapter 5, in verse 7, at the end of this verse, it says, for even Christ, our Passover, is sacrificed for us. Jesus Christ is the Passover lamb. All that stuff in the Old Testament is a type and a shadow. If the whole nation, there was not one feeble, I'm telling you, why not the church now? Right? That's why healing's always been a calling card for the gospel. I love that. So now, after this event in Egypt, you go 765 years later, in Second Chronicles chapter 30, you can write that in your notes and study this later. You have Hezekiah's people were healed after keeping the Passover. 765 years later it's still happening right second chronicles 30 verse 20 says this and the lord hearkened unto hezekiah and healed the people wow and the lord hearkened to hezekiah so i wonder if the lord would hearken to himself right? Could you imagine Jesus' attitude towards your physical health? He is all about it. He doesn't want anything from the enemy in you or messing with you at all, at all. The Bible says he is very possessive. He's like, hey, you're mine, Right. right? I love you. In Leviticus chapter 14, And I'm just going to kind of skim a little bit. But in Leviticus 14, verse 18. Now, I got to tell you, with my makeup, skimming is not easy. So pray for me. Because this stuff is so good when you dive into it. But I could tell you this. This skimming will be very wonderful. Because this is what the Lord wants for tonight. In Leviticus 14, 18, it says, And the remnant of the oil that is in the priest's hand, he shall pour upon the head of him that is to be cleansed. Now what's this talking about? This is talking about the priest cleansing someone with leprosy, which was the incurable disease of the day. So it says here, the remnant of the oil that is in the priest's hand, he shall pour upon the head of him that is to be cleansed, and the priest shall make an atonement for him before the Lord. So the question would be, if healing's been done away with, why make an atonement for the leper's healing if healing is not for us in the atonement of Jesus? If you look at this Old Testament stuff, like the cleansing of a leper, John, you and I have talked about that. You see Jesus everywhere in this thing. Leviticus chapters 14 and 15 show us that it was through the atonement that sickness was healed. These, all, all these atonements, what do they point to? They all point to the cross. Everything is pointing to the cross. In Leviticus 25, and you thought the book of Leviticus was boring. In Leviticus 25, verse 9, it says this, Then shalt thou cause the trumpet of the jubilee to sound on the tenth day of the seventh month. In the day of atonement shall you make the trumpet sound throughout all your land. The year of jubilee, that's when everything, all debts were canceled, everything came back. We, as children of God, Jesus instituted an eternal jubilee for us. Do you have debt in your life? You're living in a jubilee. God will get the debt out of your life. He'll get it out of your life. But look at this, it says, "No, there was no blessing of the year of Jubilee. No blessing was to be announced by the sounding of a trumpet until the Day of Atonement. The Day of Atonement had to come first. Right? No mercy or no blessing of the gospel is offered to us irrespective of the atonement of Jesus. Everything, all the blessings come to us because of what Jesus did. This is legal. So today, here is the order. The order is Calvary. And then after that, we have the gospel trumpet that Jesus bore our sins and our sicknesses. But Calvary comes first. Because there's no blessing without Calvary. There's no blessing without atonement. The price had to be paid. Yep. But look at this. Jesus bore our sins and bore our sicknesses. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 24. It says this. Who his own self bore our sins in his own body on the tree. Try to figure that one out. Have you ever beat yourself up because of sin? Why would you do that? It says right here, who his own self bore our sins in his own body on the tree. Well, pastor, that makes no sense. I was not even alive. Yeah. It doesn't make sense, but boy, it'll sure make faith. Right? Say this with me. All my sins sins were born born by Jesus Jesus in his body body on the cross. cross. All of them. them. So that would have to be past ones. Right? Some of you are sitting here going, gosh, Pastor, you're a jerk. Present ones? <laughs> Come on, preach it. I'm joking. And, and future ones. You got that, right? And future ones. All of them. Romans chapter 8 says, everything was once and for all condemned. All my sin was condemned in the body of Jesus. Do you think God's mad at you tonight? What's he mad at you for? He loves us. Could it be, could it be like that? I mean, am I really righteous and free and clean? Yes. yes. Because of the blood. Amen. Come back Sunday. Come on. (laughs) Because man, we're talking about the blood. There'll be a lot of people healed on Sundays. Matthew chapter 8, verse 17. I love this. Matthew 8:17 is the Holy Spirit's commentary on Isaiah 53. It says here that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah or Isaiah the prophet. Saying himself took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses. So think about if you have sickness or disease in your body, right now you should start be getting angry at Satan. Wait a minute, time out. I've been putting up with this, and it was already bore two thousand years ago. I don't have to put up with this exactly. Exactly Oh Satan will tell you Man you're just going to die No, 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 no I will not die But I will live And I will declare his works And Satan there's nothing you can do about it The only way he could kill me Is if I let him And I'm not going to let him Right The year of Jubilee The order was this The atonement And then the trumpet was blown in the year of Jubilee, which meant every man, turn, you go back to your own possessions, you get a clean slate. So let me read Numbers chapter 16 to you. Turn to Numbers chapter 16. Hallelujah. Numbers chapter 16. You guys doing okay with this? Boy, I'll tell you, this is exciting stuff. Numbers chapter 16, we're going to skim a little bit. It says in verse 1 Now Korah, the son of Isar, the son of Kohath, the son of Levi, boy, I hate reading this stuff, and Dathan and Abiram, and the sons of Eliab and On, oh, I like that guy's name. <laughs> He's always on, right? Get that? The son of Peleth, the son of Reuben, took men, and they rose up before Moses with certain of the children of Israel, 250 princes of the assembly, oh boy, church split, famous in the congregation, men of renown. And they gathered themselves together against Moses and against Aaron and said unto them, you take too much upon you, seeing all the congregation are holy, every one of them, and the Lord is among them, Wherefore, then lift you up yourselves above the congregation of the Lord. In other words, come on, pastor. Who do you think you are? I have the Holy Spirit in me too. That's alive and well in the charismatic church. Whenever I hear that, I'm like, woo. Look down, man. I'm going to watch where I'm standing. If somebody says that to me, I'm going to be like, okay, brother, yeah, no problem. (laughs) Excuse me. I'm just going to kind of stand over here. Now, you're okay during this time because it's the age of grace. At least okay with the ground, maybe. Verse 9. Seemeth it but a small thing unto you that the God of Israel has separated you from the congregation of Israel? "...to bring you near to himself, to do service of the tabernacle of the Lord, to stand before the congregation, to minister unto them? And he hath brought thee near to him, and all thy brethren, the sons of Levi, with thee, and seek ye the priesthood also? For which cause both thou and all thy company are gathered together against the Lord? And what is Aaron that you murmur against him?" Let's keep going. Fast forward, verse 19. And Korah gathered all the congregation against them unto the door of the tabernacle of the congregation. And the glory of the Lord appeared unto all the congregation. And the Lord spoke unto Moses and Aaron, saying, Separate yourself from among this congregation, that I may consume them in a moment. And they fell upon their faces and said, O God, the God of the spirits of all flesh, shall one man sin, and wilt thou be wroth with all the congregation? Verse 25. And Moses rose up and went unto Dathan and Abiram, and the elders of Israel followed him, and he spoke unto the congregation, saying, Depart, I pray you, from the tents of these wicked men, and touch nothing of theirs, lest you lest you be consumed in all of their sins. Verse 28. And Moses said, Hereby you shall know that the Lord hath sent me to do all these works, for I have not done them of my own mind. If these men die the common death of all men, or if they be visited after the visitation of all men, then the Lord has not sent me. In other words, Okay, all these guys coming against me right now. If they just live out their days and die like normal people, then guess what? God didn't send me, right? But now, right now, I'd start to be getting worried if I was Cora, right? <laughs> but if the Lord make a new thing, and the earth open her mouth and swallow them up with all their appear all that appertain unto them, and they go down quick into the pit. Then you shall understand that these men have provoked the Lord and it came to pass as he had made an end to the speaking all these words that the ground clave under that was under them and the earth opened her mouth and swallowed them up in their houses and all the men that appertained unto Korah and all their goods. They and all that appertained them and went down alive into the pit and the earth closed upon them and they perished from among the congregation." Verse 35, you're like, pastor, what's your point? Verse 35, just stick with me, this is big. And there came out a fire from the Lord and consumed the 250 men that offered incense. Verse 41, but on the morrow, all the congregation of the children of Israel murmured against Moses and against Aaron saying, you have killed the people of the Lord wow right and it came to pass but have you ever done stupid things and you're like or have you ever just been like wait a minute i actually thought i was right but that was really stupid what i that that's this i mean who would think that right and it came to pass verse 42 when the congregation was gathered against moses and against aaron that they looked towards the tabernacle of the congregation and behold the cloud covered it and the glory of the lord appeared And Moses and Aaron came before the tabernacle of the congregation. And the Lord spoke unto Moses, saying, Get you up from amongst this congregation, that I may consume them. As in a moment. And they fell upon their faces. And Moses said unto Aaron, Take a censer, and put fire therein from off the altar. And put on incense, and go quickly unto the congregation. And make an atonement. Make an atonement. See, the reason why I'm reading all this is all this nonsense is happening. And all of a sudden now, Moses is going, we got to make an atonement. It's all about an atonement. And tonight I'm here to tell you, Jesus made the atonement for you. This is so important. Make an atonement for them, for there is wrath gone out from the Lord. The plague is begun. And Aaron took, as Moses commanded, ran into the midst of the congregation. And behold, the plague was begun among the people. And he put on incense and made an atonement for the people. So now, are you getting this? The people sinned. Now, if you look at the Hebrew verbs here, God He's not bringing this pestilence thing here. He's not bringing this plague. The plague is coming because the curse is there. And when the people did this, it's coming. So Aaron is not walking all, acting all holy. He's running. Because I've got to make an atonement because this plague is already starting in other words satan is already he's just chomping at the bit going man i get to just start wiping people out they have sinned god has judged them the whole old testament is all about this god would love the people if you'll just serve me if you'll do what i say please i'll bless you i'll be with you and then the people would go off and rebel And they would sin and rebel and sin and rebel. God would send other people begging them, no, no, come back to the Lord. And they wouldn't do it. And finally, the judge of the whole earth, of all creation, would have to render judgment that allowed the enemy access and people started getting wiped out. The moment they turned to God, he he literally came on the scene, forgave, and stopped it with an atonement. See, this is, you got to realize this. You're sitting here tonight and an atonement has been made for you. And it stops the enemy. So let's keep going with this. Oh man, I'll tell you. And Aaron took as Moses commanded, let me see. He put, he put on incense, this is the end of verse 47, made an atonement for the people and he stood... Look at this. And he stood between the dead and the living, and the plague was stayed. This is a type. Now they that died in the plague, interesting that it was a plague, because you would put viruses in plagues. Now they that died in the plague were 14,000, and 700 beside them that died about the matter of Korah. Wow. And Aaron returned unto Moses unto the door of the tabernacle of the congregation, and the plague was stayed. Wow. 14,000, then you take the 250, so you have 14,700 plus 250 plus plus two fifty plus. So at least 14,950 people died. But the atonement stopped it. I wonder if the atonement could stop a corona plague. Hallelujah. This is so, so very important. We're, that's why we're taking time. So after these 14,700 people died of the plague, Aaron, who's Aaron? He was the the mediatorial priest. He was the high priest. He stood for the people between the dead and the living. The high priest. Who's our high priest? Jesus. Jesus. To make an atonement for the removal of the plague. The removal of the plague would be the healing of the body in the New Testament. Jesus has stood before. He hung on a cross. He was made to be sin. He, By his stripes you were healed. This, all your sickness, all your disease was put in his body. And he stood before you so that whatever is in your body would be removed from your body. So that you would not die, but that you would live in health. This is how exact this is. Jesus Our mediator, by his atonement, redeemed us from the plague of sin, the plague of sickness, the plague of disease, and the plague of pain. Wow. I'm here to tell you tonight that Jesus himself bore your sickness. He carried your pain so you don't have to. He bore it all. If you look at the curse of the law, we're talking depression, anxiety attacks, fear of all this stuff, all sickness, all disease, weaknesses in limbs and knees and hips and back, all of it. He literally paid the price so that you can walk in health, so that your body could be healed. Right now. Right now. Hallelujah.